Hey, this is Taylor Strickland. I'm one of the pastors here at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about our Second Students ministry, check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Just search Second Students West. Enjoy the message. All right, guys, we're going to start off tonight by having, um, we have a few questions for you at your table, so go ahead and take a few minutes to talk about those. We want you to talk about what are five things in this world that you are absolutely sure of, and how can you be certain of those things? It could be anything from pizza to God. So go ahead and take some time to talk about that. You said pizza? It's for sure. Because the guy delivers it. That's right. That's the answer for pizza. Maybe you've taken a couple minutes, hopefully you've taken a couple minutes to take advantage of that. Maybe you got it done really quickly, that's okay as well. Um, but five things that, that in this world that you're absolutely sure of, we could go back and forth. You guys probably named 100 different things, so we're not going to name them out loud. But I hope that you wrote them down, and I hope that you really took a chance to talk about them. Because tonight, we are talking about uh, atheism and agnosticism. And I want to preface this by saying, you know, if we had three hours, we would talk about every single detail about it, Right. Um, and we're going to be ta- we're going to talk about it more in Bible study on Sunday mornings uh, in, in the near future. Tonight we hope to give you a little intro into uh, what they believe and kind of give you a chance to talk through some of those beliefs, and then hopefully a couple scriptures that you can use uh, on, in your own life and maybe uh, with those friends. Because remember, as we sit here tonight, man, this is all. Uh, so that you can start a conversation, not so you can make someone feel terrible about what they believe, and not so that you can beat someone over the head with the Bible, but so that you can legitimately start a conversation, asking and talking to people about what they believe. And so uh, I I just want you to know, we're going to jump into table talk uh, number two pretty quick, but as we jump into those, I want to preface atheism and agnosticism, and it's a mouthful, um, by, by literally j- just, just telling you that uh, there are major beliefs that have more to do with how you act than what you really say, okay? How you act more than what you really say. Um, and and I, would, I would argue that by saying there are a lot of people who say that they are a believer in Jesus, but they don't act like a believer in Jesus. And so where you may not lump yourself into uh, the, the, the realm of an atheist or an agnostic, I would put you there, okay? I would put you there because if you're not living for Jesus and you're not living with how the Bible says, then you are living against how the Bible says. It's very black and white. You either fall into the category that's living for Jesus or you fall out of the category that's living for Jesus. And it's that, that simple. And, uh, and, and so, man, uh, I, and there are more people who, who are doing this than, than they believe. And you in the room, if you really looked at your life, you may be on the category that's outside of the realm that's living for Jesus. You may actually, have, as, as I was talking, you might have said, man, am I an atheist or an agnostic? And you might be. You, you might really truly be based on how your life is, is uh, represented. But I hope tonight when you leave that you are firm in where you stand and, and what you believe. And hopefully my, my hope, our hope, all of our hope is that you stand on the side that, that we stand on and that Christianity is real, that God is real, that Jesus was a real person, 
um, who lived a real life, who, who died a real death on the cross, and who really rose from the grave. And, uh, and tonight, man, after we get to the bottom, we're going to give you a chance to talk to our care team. If you want to talk to our care team, who would love to talk through, man, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so I want you to keep that on your mind as we go through the night. All right, keep that on your mind as we go through the night, because if you have more questions, if you want to know more about Jesus, we're going to give you that opportunity. But let's jump into table talk number two, and we're going to give you an actual, we're going to give you a big chunk of time for this, okay? So I want you to really take your time. I want you to answer these questions honestly. Uh, as we jump into table talk two, you're going to define atheism, you're going to define agnosticism, and then you're really going to talk about your circle, your friends, your home, uh, your family, the people you see often, and if they fall into one of those categories, Go ahead. You might have had a little bit more. And I hope you guys had a chance to answer, uh, answer all those questions. Erica? Yeah, you guys had some awesome answers. Um, so let's go through and talk about what these words mean. So atheism. What is atheism? So atheism is when you don't believe in God or any God. Um, it's a lack of belief and someone who just says, that God does not exist. Um, they don't have any faith in anything. They don't believe that. They don't believe that there's any sin, and they're kind of a free thinker. They're free from any religion, any belief um, of anything spiritual. So they say there's no God. They say miracles cannot happen. They say that there's no such thing as sin, and their ethics and morals are all just relative. Yeah, and I, I would go a bit further and. And say even, I mean, as you look at societies, you have to ask yourself the question, okay, well, who decides the moral code for each society? Because man inherently is not good. We are not good. We are not good people. If you look at the world as a whole, we are relatively out for ourselves. And if we are out for ourselves, then the moral code must be selfish. And if the moral code is selfish, then nowhere in humanity can, can people consistently work together without someone above them saying this is the right moral code to help advance society in the right way, okay? I just want to put that as a blanket. But as we talk about agnosticism, agnosticism it teaches that the existence of God cannot be proven or disproven. And I want to say this as a caveat as well. The idea of agnosticism has evolved over the last decade or so. Agnosticism used to be simply that, oh, God, you know, he might be real, but he's kind of like really distant and doesn't really care about my life. Agnosticism is now, well, God can't be proven or, dis or disproven. So I'm just going to kind of take a, a neutral stance. And it's really a waste of your time to sit and talk about Jesus or talk about God, talk about someone who created the world, and unlike atheism, agnosticism keeps the question of God's existence open-ended. So, you know, I, I'm not going to bother myself with that, but if you want to, I mean, I guess maybe there's a God. If you want to deal with that, go ahead, but I'm not going to deal myself with that. Um, and uh, and a, where atheism stands opposed to the idea of God, agnosticism focuses its attention on the idea that we can't prove or Disprove, and that's so big. That's so important when we talk about atheism and agnosticism because they are different in their beliefs. They are very, very, very different. Atheism is not believing. Agnosticism is not caring. 
And, uh, and, and I want to push this forward and say that if you're in the room and you say you fall in one of those categories, I would, uh, I would love to talk to you. Any of our staff would love to talk to you. Our care team would love to talk to you because, uh, man, I, I would, if you're like, man, I'm atheist 100%, I would probably more than anything push you into the agnosticism uh, category. And, and I, I would go further and say that most of the people that I know that are agnostic don't care because they want to live life their way. And they don't want God to tell them how to live. And, uh, and, and I would love to talk to you about that. Because the, the, the God that I serve and the religion that I'm a part of, Christianity, it, it's not that way at all. Um, it is a whole lot of freedom. And, uh, and so, but moving forward. Yeah. Well, on that, my brother, for example, it, these, it's easy to get these two confused. But my brother is a great example. He would tell you that he's an atheist because he's, he says that he's very against God. But then when you ask him to talk about it or when you ask him for reasons that he's against God, he, he says he doesn't care. Like he doesn't have any way to prove it or, or disprove it. And so then again, he would be an agnostic because he just doesn't care and he's not interested in trying to learn reasons to disprove it. So an atheist is very much against it and here's why I'm against it. But agnostic is, I don't care, and I don't want to care. And I want you to hear from us. We didn't come up with these definitions. Uh, I just, there were people who are a lot smarter than us that are not believers in Jesus who said this is what these stand for. Okay, so I didn't look this up in Webster's. Neither did Erica. This is like the legit definition and belief of atheism and agnosticism. So if you're saying, well, that's not true and I don't fall in that category, you're wrong because these people actually are heads of the religion. So... Um, or the, the cult. We, we say religion. We call it cult or non-belief. So um, we want to jump into this next table talk because he, here's, here's the truth is we want you here. We would consider you if you're sitting in this room, okay, and you come consistently. We know your face. We see you a part of our core, and we want our core kids to be able to know a piece of scripture um, that has changed your life because amongst all the cults, all the religions that you will ever study, the reason that I sit in Christianity and the reason that you sit in Christianity is because there was a moment where you heard about Jesus and Jesus changed your life. And you heard about Jesus because someone before you read the Bible and heard about Jesus and shared what they read or heard about Jesus. And so I want to give you the opportunity right now to reflect on these next two questions, answer them as individually, answer them as a table, um, but take a moment and find a scripture that changed your life. Maybe you remember where you were sitting when you accepted Jesus Christ, okay? Maybe you remember. Man, write that scripture down. Write that scripture down and share it with your table. As a group, once, you, once you've written your scripture down, once you've found, found it, talk about why it's changed your life. It's okay to have the same scripture as someone else as well. There might be quite a few of you that have John 3.16 as your scripture. That's okay, right? And if you're in the room and you don't, you're like, this is not me, our care team, like right now, and our staff that's available, we would love to, to begin talking to you. So we would love to begin talking to you right now as a staff, as a care team. If you're like, I, no scripture led me to Christ, I'm not a Christian, and I don't believe this, we would love to talk to you right now. They're at the back. Um, Taylor, Elisa, Seth, Todd, they're right there in the back. They would love to, uh, to talk with you starting right now about why we believe in Jesus and, and just hear your point of view as to why you don't. So go ahead, dive in for you guys and, and, and find that scripture. And like I said, if you're not, man, please, man, come to the back and talk to one of us. We would love to, love to talk to you. Go ahead.
So I, I wanted to share, I wanted to share one of mine that uh, one of the scriptures that has changed my life. And that scripture um, really is, it's Psalm 116, 1. And, and it simply says that when I call on God, he hears my voice. Isn't that cool? That, that rocked my world one day. When my family, my wife, and our two kids at that time, now we have three, but our two kids at that time, was in the hardest places, that either, one of the hardest places that either of us could have imagined. And I prayed 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 and there were moments that I didn't feel like God was listening. I got on Psalm 116.1 and it was David when in his hard times he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And there were times that he didn't feel like God listened, but he knew that God was hearing him later in life because God later answered his prayers. And that was such a grounding and sobering moment for me when I read that. I said, man, God turns his ear to me. He hears my voice. Even when I don't feel like he's right next to me, he hears my voice. So cool. Erica? Yeah, so my favorite verse that I have clung to since I was young is Luke 1, verse 37. It says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And for me, that meant so much to me because the family that I came from, the childhood that I have was very, um, I just, we didn't have a lot and my family wasn't, um, we just, I just came from a poor family and a lot of dysfunction in my family. And so I never thought that I could do anything in life or be anything in life because of my family. And I never thought that God would notice me or take care of me or do anything for me because of the way I grew up. But then, you know, I see this verse and it says, for nothing is impossible with God. And I clung to this verse and multiple times in my life, the Lord showed me that he can do the impossible in my life with the opportunities that he gave me, the way he provided for me, the way he provided for my family over and over again. He just continued to show me that he can do the impossible as long as I am trusting in, well, he can always do the impossible, but especially when I'm trusting in him and believing in him and putting my faith in him and being expectant of him to do things in my life that only he could do. Um, and so now I want you to share with you guys this quote. This quote is actually from an atheist, and I heard this a long time ago, and I've never forgotten this. Um, some of you may have heard of the atheist Penn and Teller, and they one time we're talking about how, and they're still atheists to this day, but this is what they said. He said that if you see somebody standing in the middle of the road and you see a huge tractor trailer semi-truck coming towards them, are you going to stand there and just let it hit them or are you going to run as fast as you can, tackle them, do whatever you can to get them out of the way of that truck? And the point of him saying that is that there is nothing more important to you than getting them out of that than getting them out of the way of something that's going to destroy them. And so he says this, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't tell other people about their beliefs. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and a hell and that people could be going to hell or not having eternal life and you think it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward, an atheist who think people shouldn't evangelize and who say, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself, 
How much do you have to hate somebody to not tell them about Jesus? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? So what he's saying here, the people that you see every day, the friends that you have, the the family that you have that doesn't know Jesus or chooses to not believe in Jesus and believe in eternal life, you know this, but you are not talking to them about it. You are not initiating that conversation. You are not living the way that you should be living. That, that's like leaving them standing there in front of that truck. You see that truck coming right at them, and you're not doing anything to get them out of the way of it. He's saying, how much do you really have to not care about somebody that you're not going to tell them about the hope that you have and the eternal life that you have in Jesus? That's how important this really is. It really, truly is a matter of life and death. Yeah, and we, we want you to know the scripture, going back to the table talk, table talk right before us, we want you to know the scripture that helped change your life so that you can share that scripture and maybe it'll change someone else's life. Listen, it's not magic, it's Jesus. It's not magic, it's Jesus. You heard the words of Jesus and your life was changed. Why can't those same words change your peers' lives as well? And, and if you're scared to evangelize, have them read it. Print it out on a piece of paper, let them read it. Or, my gosh, carry your Bible and let them read it. I mean, guys, if it changed your life, it can change someone else's life. You weren't born a Christian. Sorry, you weren't. You were born destined to go to hell. And there was a moment where Jesus Christ changed your life. And that moment should be shared. That moment should be talked about. That moment should be celebrated. Don't miss the moment to pull someone else out from being in front of the semi-truck. 